Hi again, everyone. I'm Eric Fletcher. Welcome into another episode of Chasing Better Conversations. As a business development and executive coach, Stuart Hirsch helps professionals create and enhance productive business relationships. His background includes having practiced law, both in private practice in firms as well as a part of uh, in-house teams. As an executive coach, Stewart helps corporate and firm leaders with both strategic and tactical challenges, including things like well, navigating C-suite politics or developing leadership skills, building teams, and advancing careers. Stuart is also a consultant to Trusted Advisors Associates, LLC, where he is the organization's senior coach. In other words, Stuart Hirsch is perfectly suited to help us chase better conversations, so much so that this is part one of a two-part discussion with him. Stuart, it is a pleasure to have you today. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Uh, always enjoy uh, hearing you whenever I have an opportunity and um, looking forward to what you'll share with our, our listeners today. Happy to be here, Eric. As we discussed in the introduction, you're an executive and business development coach. Maybe you reverse those. I don't know if it makes a difference, but um, it depends on you, who I'm talking to. <laughs> there you go. When you, when you think about where you are today and how, how you uh, have arrived at this particular station, are there a conversation or or two that you think back on as really pivotal in terms of providing you direction? Just help us get to know sort of how you wound up where you are today. Yeah, there are so many. So I'll try and uh, limit it to two or three, but um, maybe my background would be useful for, for, for this. I started out as a lawyer in a firm, big firm, then a little firm, then I went in-house and I got laid off. And I started a contract lawyering business, um, made it up. It was 1990. There weren't a lot of jobs around. And I built a business with a whole bunch of uh, companies, uh, large companies, and um, for busy with, that had busy in-house legal departments that needed an extra person. One thing led to another, and I kept doing that for, um, for a while. And then um, in 1994... Uh, friends were asking me how to get all this business working for these big companies. And I gave away my secrets, which I'm happy to give you if you want them, uh, <laughs> and how to get business. Um, you know, be nice to people. Not that hard. Concept. Treat people with respect. Actually care about them from your heart and um, and let them know you care. It's, it's just not that difficult. And then I realized when my friends were asking me about it uh, that there was an opportunity to to help other people get business. So that's how I got into the business development coaching. It took me uh, seven years to extricate myself from practicing law. But a pivotal conversation in there, um, there were two or three of them. And um, the first one was after I got laid off from the company, uh, my, uh, I, was, I was given an a job offer from another company. And uh, interestingly, it just, it just didn't feel right. There were a lot of things that were wrong with it. I won't go into the details here, but I still didn't have any income and I still hadn't gotten my business going of being a contract lawyer for busy in-house legal departments. And I went home and talked to my wife and I said, look, here's the job. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not comfortable with it. It's a big company. It's well-known, but it's not right. And she said, follow your instincts. So I turned it down. And at the same time I was saying, I want to build this business of being a contract lawyer for 
in-house legal departments. And uh, that conversation really gave me the confidence to just go and do it, mm -hmm. uh, not to worry about it. So number one, you know, that big, big cheer for Thelma on that one. There you uh, go. The second one, uh, along the same lines, one of the companies I worked with offered me uh, as a contractor, offered me a full-time job. I just finished filling in for a, a woman on maternity leave. And they said, we have, um, we like your work. We think you're terrific. We'd love to have you here. All these nice things and said, um, please, uh, you know, we're going to offer you a job. Uh, it's going to, this, this is what it's going to be. And the pay was good. And the, the prospects for the future were good. And um, I was leaving there uh, in like four or five days and I would have no work. There were no prospects for me for further business anywhere at that time. And once again, I went home and said, <laughs> I don't think I want to do this. And uh, once again, she said, follow your heart. And I went back in the next day and I said to the general counsel, thank you for the offer. Um, if there were ever a job I would want, it would be this one, but I'm on a path. I have no idea where I'm going. I have no idea when I'm going to get there. But if I take this job, it's going to take me off that path. So I can't do it. And um, several years later, he said, I thought you were crazy. We all thought you were crazy. He said, but now I see <laughs> how this worked, um, which was great. And, um, and the third pivotal conversation that got me into coaching was as I was continuing to do the legal work. Um, and this is such a great question because I really hadn't thought about these in a long time. Um, the the third major one was there was this guy I was talking to he was a friend. He was, we were spending a lot of time together. We were doing programs on networking together. And he said, so what are you doing? He said, well, I'm trying to be, I want to be a coach. I'm trying, I'm trying to get the coaching business going. And he said, and you are coaching Ray? He said, yes. And he said, well, stop saying you're trying to do it and just say you're a coach. Hmm. And that little twist of mindset, is really what um, made the business start to take off. Wow. Yeah. Just a little twist of I am not I'm trying or I'm, tr I'm, I'm going to be. It's I am. This is where I am now. And, and it changed my whole mindset, um, <laughs> which was just fabulous. There were others. There were others. Sure. Like that Charlie Green, who, you know, wrote the trusted advisor and, mm -hmm. you know, the, the way I met him through networking and some of the other things. Uh, but they're all, um, you know, they all led back to these three really important things. Don't take the first job that I didn't really want being willing to turn down a, a really good opportunity and stop saying, I'm trying to do something and just do it. You know, like Yoda says. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great. Yeah, and thank you. thanks for making uh, me think about it. Yeah. Well, the, the, so the common themes I get out of that, uh, a couple, one of them is thank God for your wife. Uh, she, Absolutely. she may be your Every best day. coach, right? There you go. The second is this idea of boy perspective mindset. You called it. I, I think of it as so much, so much of the time our, our perspective just makes all the difference in the world. So yeah, those are great. In the course of, uh, a week, I mean, you have hundreds of conversations, uh, maybe, maybe more as you think about individuals that you are helping in the business development arena or the, or the exact, either one of those 
arenas to the degree that uh, they're different. What what are common themes that trip us up in conversations? Particularly, I'm thinking particularly about business development. I was once asked this sitting on a panel talking about business development, and and interestingly. That was about 10 years ago. The answer hasn't changed, which is really interesting, right? And, and Eric, I know you know this from your the work you did, right? And, and still do. Um, there are two major things that trip people up, and that is failing in a conversation to set a next step, hmm. like a real next step. And, and I've seen it over and over again. And I've had, uh, I, you know, the first time I picked it up, I had been telling somebody, one of my clients, I said, you know, don't forget to set next steps. And he described a situation that he had done, you know, he had sitting in a meal at a meal, having a wonderful meal with somebody. And the person said to him, and I have some work. For, I, I think I'm going to have some work for you. And he said, that's great. He got so excited about it. Like, oh, I'm going to have some work. And, uh, but he didn't, he didn't, he didn't do anything with it. And so it was a month goes by and he called me up and he said, Stuart, I don't know what to do. I haven't heard from this potential client. Um, he said he had some work for me. What should I do? And I said, well, and this is my kind of secret to coaching. He said, well, what should you have done in the moment when you were there? Great question. And, yeah. and he's thinking and thinking and he said, um, set a next step. <laughs> yes. We've talked about this many times, right? In the moment you set the next step, but what happens is people don't listen so well. And so instead of really listening and thinking of how it applied to him, he could have been thinking about, you know, now, what do we do now? You know, and, if he was thinking about the other person instead of the work that he was potentially going to get, he would have, he probably would have set the next step. So I said to him, what were you thinking about? <laughs> and he, well, I was thinking about the, this potential work. I said, okay. And so what's the way to get that work? He said, set a next step. Yes. So, so now <laughs> what do you do? And then we, so we got him to actually make the call and say, when we were sitting together having lunch, this is kind of the secret to pick it, picking it up again mm -hmm. is when we were having lunch and you had that, fabulous steak dinner, the steak lunch that you wanted. So he'd bring back the the feelings, the smells, the, you know, whatever emotional state he was in at the time. When we were having that, you mentioned you had some work that you wanted to do together. Is that still there? So I said, that's what you do. Go back to him now and do it. But in the future, when somebody does, when somebody says uh, there's an opportunity, what are you going to do? <laughs> so how do you do it? You just simply say, well, what's the next step? Or when do you think it's coming? Yeah. Should I follow up with you? When should I follow up with you? You know, whatever that next step is. And of course, uh, then actually doing what it is you say you're going to do. So those are the two big things that trip people up. Another conversation that people miss, and this was really part of it, which is talking instead of asking questions and listening to the oh answer. Oh my, come on now. Now you're, you now you're stepping on my toes. <laughs> people are so busy you know they're they're so busy thinking about what they're going to say next or or um mm -hmm. just talking about whatever this top whatever the topic is and, and and they don't always listen to the answers they don't always ask questions and listen to the answers so so i've you know that is another 
another big one. Do you coach people on how to listen better? I do. And it is, it's hit us with uh, your top two or three uh, suggestions. This one's really hard to do, but um, again, it's all about attitude. Yeah. It's really all about attitude. So it's being in the moment, you know, what some will call mindfulness even. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're listening to what a person's saying, actually be there and pay attention to it, not think about what you're going to say next. If you think you might want to say something, but you need time to gather your thoughts, you can say, and Charlie Green said this a lot, the, the, who wrote The Trusted Advisor, uh, um, let me just think out loud. Hmm. Or I'm going to think out loud for a minute. So you, it saves you from saying something you're not sure you really want to say or gives you a chance to change it. But so listening for what's being said, also listening for uh, the things that are being said that give you opportunities are called uh, in the, in the improv world, they're called offers. Every time somebody says something there may, there's, there's offers in there and you can choose to accept them, reject them, or completely ignore them. That's if you even recognize them as offers. So someone walks into a meeting and uh, young associates, newer associates make this mistake. Someone will walk into a meeting with this person and, and say, uh, you know, I came in, sorry, I'm late, had a lot of traffic and I had to drop my kids off at school. So there's offers in that statement. An associate who's concerned about the client being concerned about paying by the hour will say, well, I'm glad you're here. Let's get to work. Right? But where's that person's head right in that moment? Yeah. Still stuck in traffic and dropping off his or her kids. So the offers are, I got stuck in traffic. You can reject that and say, there was no traffic this morning. That doesn't feel very good to the person hearing it. You can accept and say, yeah, it's, uh, there was a lot of traffic. Where'd you come from? And the other offers kids. How many kids do you have? Where'd you drop them off? <laughs> do you do that every day? And, and open up, it opens up a whole conversation and you never know where those conversations are going. So, so really paying attention to what the person is saying will help to keep the, keep the conversation going and open up doors. And, and that happens in business. People miss, com, miss things in business because they're focused on they're, they're kind of myopically focused on whatever it is that the person came in to do in the first place whatever the client came in to do or the potential client where they might say something that opens up the door to some completely different and larger matter than what they came in for. I, I, I actually had a client who um, many years ago, he, he was working on some litigation for a client. And uh, I've heard that story about this particular litigation with this client many times. Like he said, he's done it in his state and he kept doing it. The same kind of sense. This is, are these all the same kind of litigation? He said, they're similar. So what are they based on? Oh, a contract. It's not such a good contract. I said, really? I said, and do you think the contract, if the contract were fixed or changed, would that make a difference? And he said, it would. <laughs> Have you discussed it with the client? So he went back and talked to the client and uh, suggested to the client that, 
there are probably some things you could do to change this contract and make it better and stronger so you wouldn't have all this litigation. Now, that was contrary to his own best interest of keep getting litigations. At least that's what one might think. Uh, and instead of um, not doing that, he said he actually said those questions. He said, asked that question. He listened to the answer. And the person said, no, I hadn't really thought about it. My, outs my general outside counsel hasn't suggested that yet. He said, I'd like you to be my outside counsel from now on. There you go. And switched over. So the conversation was me hearing in what he said. That was one set of conversations. The second one was he was so focused on doing the work that he wasn't thinking about this bigger picture with his client. And never after three or four pieces of litigation, had never raised it before. This great counsel. And it, it comes back to this. Are you listening? Are you in the moment? Are you mindful? Yeah. And then I don't want to end a conversation without having a bridge to the next one that, uh, that preparing for the next, uh, what do we do next? A lot of times people think of other individuals as targets and not as people. Mm -hmm. Sure. So it's yeah. not, it's, it's it, the language we use. It, it is. It's yeah. all the language. Are, are we, yeah. When we meet somebody, are we thinking about them? And this is mindset, right? Are we thinking mm -hmm. about this other person in terms of what we can get out of them as opposed to what we can do for them? Not what yeah. they can do for us if we do something for them, but just what we can do for them. And that's a mindset. And if, you have, if your mindset is thinking about people in terms of what you can do for them, it really changes how you listen. Yeah. Okay. You're, lis you're listening for that opportunity to be helpful as opposed to that opportunity to sell. I, I forget to sell, who it was. Yeah, to yeah. get something. Yeah, to get something. Hey, um, uh, a friend of mine, you may know uh, Steve Bell. Steve says, um, I don't, I, nobody, you don't sell anybody anything. No. Understand, understanding the selling process is kind of a, um, that's, that's a great, Great way to sell courses on the internet, I guess. But really what we're about, what we ought to be about is this understanding the buying process, which means I put myself in your shoes. I'm, I'm listening for those, those offers as you characterize them. It's great, great, great counsel. Well, again, it's the self, this self-oriented, self-centered approach mm -hmm. of asking for what we want rather than what the other person wants. Um, trying to so hard, you know, asking for asking for business before it's right to ask for business. People see us coming <laughs> if you do that. <laughs> you know, go the other way. Um, so I think when people do make a, they do that a lot. They'll ask for, uh, can I have, you know, give me a chance. Can I have your business? Um, can we work together before they even build the relationship? You know, so it's just another step in the relationship. It's not, it's not a thing to do to sell to somebody for, for professional services anyway. But early in my career, the advice was that I heard frequently was ask for the order, ask for the business too. And that sort of perpetuates this uh, asking, uh, not being sensitive to, to timing, not, not ha being aware of the nature of the relationship, the stage the relationship's in. How do you, how do you coach people to be aware of where the relationship is, to be, to know when it's the right time to, to talk about, um, uh, maybe, maybe I can help you with that. Well, a lot of it is instinct for me, but I mean, I, I usually will 
when I help yeah. people to actually, you know, write their emails or script those conversations, like say those things in mm. the right way. So they don't, so they're not pushing this. This doesn't, people don't, people are, it's so interesting because people are uncomfortable because they don't want to be pushy. Mm -hmm. Many people don't want to be pushy. And yet without realizing it, oftentimes they are. And the other side of it is they don't want to, uh, in not wanting to be pushy, they don't do anything. They, they never do ask. So when is it just right? If someone talks about something, someone talks about, um, you know, we're selling our company, for example. And again, like in the bigger firms, we know it's a, it's a much larger thing or things are going on. But in a, in a smaller firm where they're going, where they're looking at some M&A or uh, some kind of arrangement, uh, they say, we're selling our company. Uh, the question is, that's great. Tell me about it. Go get to know and understand the information, understand what's going on, whatever they're willing to tell you. And when are you already underway? Like mm -hmm. find out, mm -hmm. get the information, baby steps. Mm -hmm. And then the next step might be, do you already have a buyer? Have you done your letter of intent yet? Uh, you know, and if they've said they've done their letter of intent, you could say, did you have a lawyer help you with that? And if the answer to that is yes, then they might be all set. Mm -hmm. And if the answer is no, it says, really, why not? But oftentimes people will ask before they've gone through the process of learning and understanding what the potential opportunity or client has done so far. Yeah. So once you understand what they've done so far, and if they haven't yet, or they're not happy with who they do have, they haven't yet got a lawyer, or they're not so happy with who they have, that's when you, that's when you ask the question. Or, and, and you can show your enthusiasm, I would really love to help you with this if you're open to it. The common theme so far in virtually everything you've said is shut up and listen <laughs> and take an interest in the other person. This is, this is not about me. It's about you. Yeah. And, and if, if you have that, uh, if that's your mindset, then you, you have half the battle won really there. I don't think anybody plays darts anymore, but um, in a dark room with darts <laughs> going for a target, right? Mm -hmm. And the uh, um, there's no light. So you don't even know where the target is. And you're just yeah. throwing the darts. Yeah. Uh, as you get more and more light, you can see where the target is and you have a better chance if you're a good aim to, to hit where you need to be. You need to shed some light in the room first. Yeah. And questions will do that. And people are usually pretty open to sharing information as long as it's not super confidential or inappropriate to share. Yeah. Yeah. Great so stuff. Asking Stuart. questions again. And that works with networking. It works with business development, with, with a, a sale opportunities and, and it's all about people. It always has been. What rich and practical insights. My big takeaways from this first part of our conversation with Stuart can be summed up with where we left off. It's always been about relationships. Nothing has changed. And the keys to better relational conversations are to listen first. And I love Stuart's uh, reference to playing darts in a dark room versus conversations being the way to let some light into the process. If you enjoyed this conversation, I hope that you'll consider subscribing, following, and rating the podcast wherever you get your podcast content. 
And join us for part two in our next episode, where we'll explore a bit deeper with Stuart Hirsch. <laughs>